I'm Greg Crow, and you're listening to episode 33 of Audio Off the Shelf, the podcast where I play a handful of tracks from my physical collection. Everything I play on this show comes off the vinyl shelves in my living room, off the CD shelves in my basement, or out of that box of cassettes I keep on the shelf in the storage room. On this week's episode, I'll be taking a look at cover tunes. Cover tunes can be interesting beasts. In my mind, there are four kinds of cover tunes. The first kind is the authentic tribute approach, where an artist or band does their best to present a replica of the original in an attempt to show respect and veneration for the original work. The second kind is where the band or artist adapts the original to their own voice and style, usually one that is distant from the original. The third type of cover tune is a complete reworking of the original, sometimes a reharm, um, melodic liberties, uh, form variations, or even lyric changes are involved. And finally, there is the cover of a cover, less common and usually reserved for live performances. The band or artist will appreciate a particular interpretation and then put their own spin on it. So the first cover tune I'm going to play for you today is by the slackers and their brilliant take on bon jovi's wanted dead or alive Sleep for days, and the people I meet, they're 
The historical parallels between hip hop and punk rock for me have always been very, very apparent. I find little surprise in the fact that my discovery of Ice-T and the Diglo abortions were right next to one another in my own personal timeline. Now, as I understand it, The Clash became enamored with what they had heard in the boroughs of New York City during a tour of the United States in 1980. With hip-hop in its infancy, The Clash recognized the beauty and potential in this American subculture and paid homage to it with their tune, Magnificent Seven, from their infamous triple album release, Sandinista. It's hard to listen to that recording of Magnificent Seven and not hear the undertones and influence of New York's Grandmaster Flash. Another band that recognized the importance of such a movement and one of its aforementioned forefathers was Stiff Little Fingers, who covered arguably one of hip-hop's greatest selections in its canon. Here is Stiff Little Fingers with Grandmaster Flash's The Message. Now you're unemployed, null and void Walking around like a pretty boy 
If you listened to last week's episode, you would have heard me go on regarding my man crush for Luke Doucette. Well, here's another dose for you in the form of White Horse. Doucette, along with his wife, Melissa McClellan, put forth an incredibly faithful, vocally rich, alt-country version of Springsteen's I'm on Fire from their 2011 self-titled EP. Hey little girl, is your daddy home or did he go and leave you all alone? I've got a bad desire.
right, next up is Ben Foltz with his creatively reimagined Get Your Hands Off My Woman, which was originally recorded by British glam rockers The Darkness back in 2003. This tune features guest artist Corn Moe on some of the vocal duties, and it's a pretty intense delivery. The choir teacher in me cringes every time I listen to this track. You'll know what I mean when you hear it. Here is Ben Folds and Corn Moe with Get Your Hands Off My Woman. Broken the code. Oh, I've got no right 
I've decided to save the strangest for last, and it's Porno for Pyros covering Leonard Bernstein's Tonight from West Side Story. Now, what Perry Farrell and crew have done with this tune is pretty interesting, and I would submit that their adaptation is almost unrecognizable save for the melody, which, in typical Perry Farrell fashion, is blurry and full of his personal character, and it's unlike anything you've heard from any theatrical production of this piece. But before I delve into that, I will start by saying this piece is either in the key of F minor or the key of E minor, and you can't really tell. The sonority of this recording is tucked in between the two pitches. Here's a recording of me playing a, a brief little outline of the beginning of the piece in the key of F minor. And now here's the same thing again, but it's up against the recording. Yeah, pretty gross and wonky, right? Well, here's the same experiment done a semitone down in the key of E minor. Check it out. Yeah, I don't know which one is worse, but it's hiding in between the E and the F, which are just a semitone apart. So it's a little bit wonky there. Now, with much of Bernstein's work, there is a harmonic sophistication to his compositions that is rooted in a tremendous amount of training and practice. Porno for Pyros does away with all of that and boils the tune down to a single chord, as you could hear. And you know what? It almost works. The melody almost works up against that single chord until that B section comes in where Perry hits the augmented fifth up against the band's harmony and ultimately creates a minor ninth interval within the context. It's a very, very dissonant sound. It's a very bold move to be sure. Also, one of my favorite things about Porno for Pyros is the creative drumming of Stephen Perkins, who is either absent or has a very minimal role in this recording. But nevertheless, there's an endearing quality to this hypnotic, ambient, snake-in-the-grass version. Check it out. This is Porno for Pyros with Tonight.
I'm gonna try to give it to you guys. Audio Off the Shelf was recorded and produced on Treaty One land, home of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Oji Cree, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Métis Nation. The Audio Off the Shelf logo was created by Benjamin Crow, based on the original iconic artwork by Donna Parsons. Thank you so much for listening. Let's go to the bathroom. I'll show you my hair.